Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast. The Fit Dad Lifestyle is a community and supplement brand where fathers support other fathers throughout the journey of fatherhood. We believe that maintaining a healthy lifestyle isn't about crash diets and the latest workout craze. Instead, we offer dads the education, resources, and support they need to maintain a balanced lifestyle long term. There aren't a lot of dedicated community groups for dads, and we know that men are generally less likely to talk about the challenges they face in life. So we wanted to go above and beyond the meal plans and quick fixes and offer a way for fathers to communicate in a helpful, negative-free environment. Whether it's supporting your partner when a new baby arrives, balancing work and the kids, or just fitting in time to get your health and fitness back on track. This podcast aims to inspire, motivate, and encourage you to be the best father that you can be and the leader that your kids want to see you be every day. It's brought to you by Fit Dad Fuel. Fit Dad Fuel is our supplement range. Our supplement range helps support this podcast, the workouts, the online education, and the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to help keep everything as cost-free as possible for dads worldwide. Enjoy the episode. Here it is, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 128 of the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast. So today, guys, we're talking about our decision to put our kids into homeschool, the reason why we're doing it, and also our other plan to become one of the biggest, most active lifestyle-based family channels on YouTube in 12 months. It's going to be one hell of a task. It's going to be quite the mission, but we're willing to give it a crack and willing to see how we go to try and make it a reality. Here it is, guys. Enjoy. So where did the whole homeschool idea come from? Well, personally, we used to travel quite a bit. Pre-pandemic, we were always shooting off to America, Bali, Thailand, this, that, and everything else. But obviously, those things have changed dramatically. Um, you know, I think as a family, we've been local, but we haven't left the state as a family unit since the pandemic, which which is really hard for us because we used to travel, you know, everywhere together, and there were some of our greatest memories there. And and if you guys have been following us for quite a while, you you would have seen all the different images from you know around the world that our kids have been able to you know experience and and that was the life that we wanted to really create and part of that made us start thinking about the whole homeschool journey um our son when we were doing the bulk of our travel was only in prep so it was only the first year of school but we were still away quite a bit which in prep doesn't really impact much at all you know if you can keep up the reading you can keep up the the writing of the the name and you know by the end of prep if you can sort of read a little bit and you can write your name and do counter you know 20 or whatever it is it's pretty much a tick in the box it's more a bit of a getting your social skills up and and that's what we found anyway and that's what we were sort of advised by the teachers that you know if you want to do this sort of stuff do it now because the development or missing a couple of weeks of school here and there at this age isn't going to break the bank as much as it will in the later years. And that was all well and good. So that probably started our 
talks and started our communications and obviously not knowing what the world was about to go through but thinking okay well we want to continue to live this lifestyle we want to continue to travel the world show our kids different things and you know it will interfere with schooling because most of the travel we do is outside of school holidays one because you know it's so busy and two because it's half the price um so they were you know part of the decisions that okay we need to look at what we're going to do do we just take homework with us or do we do something where we can actually do it on our terms and and that was the decision that we sort of lent towards um, we have some amazing friends over in bali and she was a school teacher for 20 years um, and her kids now live over in bali with her and um, she does homeschool and she was doing a or having a conversation with us when we we're out for dinner over there and and we were asking her about her experience and how her kids go and she said look her kids follow an australian curriculum still um and and so are ours and they log on at 6 30 barley time which is about 8 30 you know australian time and they actually do three or four hours of solid work until about um 10 or you know thereabouts and then they're done for the day it's not you know, because they don't have to worry about the research. They don't have to worry about the lunch. They don't have to worry about the drama class, the religion class, this, that. It's literally just do the schoolwork and then they're done. And for their lifestyle that they're trying to lead over in Bali, for the kids to be able to continue school, do all the work and be done by nine or 10 in the morning, it allows them to then go out and enjoy the rest of the day, go see all the cultural aspects of the country, go be involved with you know friends or family and you know, live a completely different lifestyle while still maintaining that level of education that they would have been doing by following that same curriculum. Now, this got us further into, I guess, more conversation about the whole schooling thing. And because she was a teacher for 20-odd years um, back here in Australia uh, in, in the primary school system, she was telling it. She said, look, the average child and and you know, this may be different. If you're a teacher listening to this, you might debunk this as full of shit or you might agree. Maybe it's out by, you know, half an hour, an hour, whatever the case. It's, it's from memory, this is what she said. And when you, when you think about it, it aligns pretty well. She said, you know, your kids go to school, they start at 8.30 in the morning, you know, and finish at 2.33, depending on what the school, whether it's public, private and all that good stuff. She said, by the time the kids get to school, they go have a play, they then, the bell rings. It takes most kids five odd minutes to get to the classroom, you know, from that bell. They then line up out the front, they hold hands, you know, they sit there and, you know, wait for the teacher to either turn up or let them into the classroom to start the lesson. From there, the teacher has, you know, five minutes explaining what they're going to be doing that lesson um, or five minutes going over what they covered in the last lesson or you know whatever the case is usually that five ten minute period of you know sort of setting the scene for that particular lesson they're about to go into and then from there now, now you've got to remember these classes are only 30 45 minutes long before you know the next class or the next break or you know whatever's whatever's happening um, you know from there you've got your 30 minutes of learning but then as the 
end of the class sort of comes closer, it's okay, five, last five minutes is pack up, finish off your work, you know, get your gear ready, get ready to go to your next class. And then the same, you know, thing happens. You rock up to the next class, you line up out the side, you, you know, get explained what's happening for that next topic. And, you know, the, the hamster wheel sort of continues. But she said one thing that people don't understand is, you know, it's not always maths, English, science. You know, you've got your your drama in there, you've got your music, you've got your PE, you've got your, you know, this, that and everything else. You know, it's and she said the actual learning component of your day is actually only about that two hour window because she said she doesn't class, even though you are learning, you know, different skills in drama, you are learning how to catch a ball and um, PE or you are learning, you know, how to cook food and this. Like, yes, they are learning, but from a, I guess, educational point of view, you know, with the main subjects being maths, English and science, it's only around two hours a day of actual, you know, learning. And it got me thinking, you know, how much time is actually being wasted on our children at school? Um, and, you know, they go there at 8.30, but they're there till 2.30, you know, being six hours, but only learning for two, you know, there's a lot of wasted time in there. And and I get it, you know, we are in a position personally, you know, our family is in a different position personally, where we can even have the conversation about doing homeschool in the first place. You know, a lot of other families, a lot of other parents both work full time or husband works away or mother works away or whatever the case is. And, you know, these conversations don't even get to the stage where it's you know worth entertaining because it's just not viable it's not possible and you know the the schooling system is is especially in the early years another form of of daycare a place where the kids can go and you know be safe for that six to eight hours why mother or father goes to you know work and earns a living to support you know everything that they're doing for their family so that's probably where it stemmed from um another big sort of indication on why we went this way is when Australia had that and this is probably going back over a year now um, we had that forced two or three week you know lockdown for the whole country essentially when um, COVID first come to fruition and you know all the schools were learning from home unless you were like an essential worker or something like that um, and you know we were in the same boat our, our son was in grade one he um had to learn from home the school gave all the curriculum that they would have been doing minus all the other stuff that I spoke about before the drama the PE all that kind of stuff it was just the core learning units um, and we were starting that at 7 30 every morning um, we thought okay well it's still good weather we'll start at 7 30 uh, we'll be done by 9 30 and then we can go down the beach or we can go down the park or we can you know do whatever it is that we need to do um, and that was literally how long it took us two hours every day to get through everything that you know the school gave us that was required um, and my wife who was doing the vast majority of the teaching absolutely flourished over that two weeks my son he was getting taught stuff that because we knew his interests because we knew what you know really made him tick and we were able to use a lot of these learnings and use a lot of these teachings and explain it in a way 
you know, if it was a maths question, for example, we were able to explain it in a way of a football game, for example, or if it was, you know, English or reading a book, we were able to actually do something that was of interest to him and that we knew he would want to sit there and learn. Um, and anyway, long, long story short, get to the end of the two weeks, go back to school. He was three levels ahead in his readers to where he was two weeks prior and his writing and also his maths was you know, far advanced to where he was just two weeks prior. And it just really made us question, you know, why aren't we, you know, why are we giving the responsibility for our children to be taught in a very broad general spectrum by someone else when we could be doing it ourselves and watching them excel because we know what buttons to push, we know what areas to focus on, we know what interests they have. And, and this is nothing against the teachers. You know, the teachers are there to do a job, but the teachers have also got 20 other students. Now, if you've got a 30 minute class, going back to what I said before, by the time you take away all the, you know, intro, outro and all that kind of stuff, you know, Let's say you've got out of those 20 students, you've got five students that are above average, excelling. They're pretty much left to themselves because they know what they're doing, they know how to do it, they're you know, doing it over here. You've then got the next 10 people who fall in that average category, who are sort of in the middle, getting a little bit help here and there, but have a vast idea of, of what's going on. Then you've got the, the bottom five people who aren't quite at average and might be struggling with their you know reading or maths or something earlier on in their schooling that require a lot more attention than the other 15 now we were sort of thinking okay well if there's a 30 minute class and you've got five people excelling not really getting too much hands-on because you know they're doing what they need to do you've got 10 who are just sort of floating by and, and being in that average component then where is the teacher's time going to be allocated for that remaining five people. Like they're probably getting 80% of the allocation compared to the rest of the 15 people who are getting the other 20%. And then how does that affect your child or our child positively or negatively based upon the interaction they're getting? So yeah, they're in a two hour learning period, but if they're struggling for half an hour and that and not getting seen because they might be in the average category and not getting the attention that the teacher can give. Like, and, and once again, it's nothing against teachers. If, if there's 20 people in a class and there's one teacher, then you can only allocate yourself to so many different people in such a small you know, time frame to try and get the message across. You, know, you haven't got a, a teacher-student ratio of one to two where everyone can get that hands-on attention. Um, and I think that that's where, you know, the difference with our son who probably he excels in a couple of subjects but he's probably average in the other subjects and when we had that two weeks one-on-one um time with him in that in that lockdown and he excelled fast you know and, and above where he was it really showed us that hey this extra time and this one-on-one stuff following this same curriculum really works for him um and i think that's probably where we then had over the past year you know he, he wanted to stay home a couple of days you know it'd be a day this week you know a couple of weeks go by it'd be another day and we'd still fo- teach him 
you know, stuff that we thought we could teach him. Obviously, having one day off here and there, the teacher doesn't give you stuff to learn at home. But we still had readers, we still had his maths book, and we still had different things. And just the amount of energy that he gave us and the willingness to wanting to learn with us sort of gave us that tick in the box that, hey, I think this is the right decision. Um, and then, obviously, being in the position we're in, I speak to a lot of fathers. I speak to you know, fathers who have built 10-figure businesses. I speak to other community members who are just like me, everyday fathers. And then we speak to you know, Olympic Games you know, athletes. We speak to you know, Victoria Cross winners. And you know, the, the list goes on and on. And one of the common themes with the people that do homeschool their kids is they constantly let me know that the reason they homeschool their kids is so that they can push them in the direction that their interests align with. So they said, if, if our kid doesn't have an interest for learning a musical instrument, then why should they have to spend an hour a week three hours a week you know whatever the time frame is at school every year until year seven year eight learning about music when it doesn't interest them you know and on the contrary to that learning about home ec or cooking or learning about you know drama or you know whatever the case is why should they be forced to learn in those early years until they start you know getting to choose their subjects later in life when it doesn't interest them and it has no bearing on the rest of their life and they said I would rather allocate or do homeschooling and find out what my children are interested in it might be Brazilian jiu-jitsu it may be that music musical instrument it may be drama or whatever the case is but at least I can find the best coaches in the world or in my town and actually get them to be taught by someone who has a vested interest and also a very big you know, past in what it is that they are going to be teaching their children. And they said, you know, the biggest thing with the schooling thing is the same teacher may teach, you know, especially in the early years, may teach five different classes. They might be a specialist in English, maths, science, PE, and music. And depending on how big your school is, there is a lot of teachers who have to wear multiple hats because the school just doesn't have the capabilities to have a specific teacher per category, you know, for, for every different, you know, year level. And he said, you know, so do you want your student learning from someone who is straight out of uni, has no real life experience in the sciences or no real life experience, you know, in the maths or the physical education world or you know whatever they've literally finished three years four years of university gone to a school and they're teaching the same curriculum about the same subjects as what we were learning back when we were at school and you know so your student is getting someone who is an expert in 10 different fields but not really any real life experience apart from learning out of a textbook. And that was one thing that really hit home for us because if our child is, wants to deep dive into you know, video editing or deep dive into communications or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or maths or whatever it is, 
we don't need to worry about having you know, him learn it for an hour a week. We can hire a coach for an hour a day and we really excel his interests in that particular field and really watch him blossom and flourish into you know, the, the career path that, or, or the interest that he has and I think that's one of the big things that, you know, we want to be able to provide to him is all the options that he wants to do, but based upon, you know, learning from real life experts and not someone who has to carry 10 different hats and, you know, specialize in 10 different things and give, you know, 100% of the time to 20 different people, you know, in a 30 minute session. Um, and, I guess before I continue, this is also like it's not just me and my wife just saying, okay, this is what you're going to do now, kids. This is something that they want to do. Um, and if the, and on the contrary to that, if they turn around in six months' time and go, oh, I miss school, I want to go back and see all my friends, then we'll sign them up that day. You know, it's not something that we're forcing them to do, like the school system's broken, you must do this. It's just the way that we've seen over the past um, three years of development and how we've seen you know how he can be pushed in different ways to really excel you know even more and you know up until about a month ago like because this is something we've been asking every week hey do you want you're you loving school do you want to keep doing it you know or do you want to start homeschool it was always no I want to stay at school I want to stay stay at school and it is only been probably in the last two to four weeks that homeschool is now actually yeah I think I want to do homeschool and learn with you mum or dad or you know whatever the case is and you know one of the questions we got asked quite a bit is how are you going to counteract you know interaction with other kids and how are you going to counteract you know the social you know anxiety or distancing from from other kids their age and we are you know very well versed in our community and we have a lot of friends with kids around the same age and I think one of the things that we've found out and worked you know to notice is our kids don't typically hang out with the people from their school too often because we've got so many other family friends who have kids the same age and all the kids go to different schools around town but they all, we all catch up. We might go for dinner on a Friday night. We go, might go to someone's house for a barbecue on a Saturday. We might all go to the beach together on a Sunday. And they've got a core group of five to 10 kids around their same age that they hang around with anyway. Plus, on top of that, there's Auskick, there's football, there's um, nippers, there's cricket, there's you know, all these different extra extracurricular activities that they do within the community and make friends with that way. Um, also, one of the big things, and I found out this yesterday, was Noosa, where we live, is one of the biggest homeschooling communities within the country. Um, and once we've done a bit more deep diving on that, we actually found a heap of Facebook groups and communities where these homeschooling parents all join this Facebook group. And on a Wednesday, for example, they might all go to the zoo together. And on a Thursday, they might go down to, you know, the local park and let all the kids have a play. And there's actually this whole big, you know, community of homeschooling parents who, you know, they're not all doing everything every day, but 
every day there is something that you can take your kids to. And it's like going on a, I guess, a school excursion or going you know, to a place where you can still interact with all these other kids your same age who are in the same situation as you doing homeschooling or distance education and still be able to get to know these people and, you know, the friendships that may form with the parents or the children, you know, will be just as good or if not better than what you're doing, you know, in, in the schooling yard as well. So they're probably some of the things that, you know, we've been questioned on and the answers to a few of those different things. And, you know, lastly, before I get off the whole schooling um, subject is, you know, whether or not this carries through to high school, I don't know. The children obviously will always have the final say. And if they want to go through homeschool until year 12 or distance education, whatever way you want to look at it, then that's fine. We, we can do it that way. But on the contrary to that, they might choose to go back to, to school and you know hang out with their friends once they start playing football or you know having that community sport. They might want to go to school and hang out with their mates all the time. And, and that's completely fine also. Um, but one thing I noticed when I was growing up, and you know, this is going back quite a few years, I'm 35 now, um, is you know, I had so many friends. You know, ooh, let, let's take a step back. In year seven, eight, nine, you have to start le- choosing what subjects you want to do for um, you know, your schooling so you can get into the university course you want or you can get into the career you want post-school. You, know, you start getting options. Instead of getting told these are the eight subjects you can do throughout the year, this is what we're doing, you start getting told, okay, well now you can choose your six to eight subjects that you're going to do out throughout the year and you, know, you can you know, choose whatever elective you want and that's going to help you eventually get the score you need to get into the university course that you need. I had so many friends and myself personally, I couldn't have given two shits about school. All I wanted to do was play football. I, you know, I got through school, I finished year 12, but I had no interest. I gave no effort and you know, it was all about wanting to become you know, this professional footballer. And you know, since then, school you know, has formed no real you know, pastime for me. You know, I, I joined the army, I went and done a personal training course I started my own business I went overseas you know like all these different things and you know me finishing school or me even having that year 12 certificate was no real benefit this way or any other way you know everything I've done you could have done if you finished school in year 10 you know you could have done you know in any other way or even if you finished university you could still go through that same path um (laughs) getting back to what I'm actually trying to say you know, I had so many friends who chose electives in year seven, eight, nine, whenever, whenever that started, that were based upon a career path they thought they wanted to do for the next 30 years. Lawyers, accountants, you know, um, exercise science, et cetera, et cetera. And they then studied, you know, for the last three, four years of school based upon what they thought they were going to do. They then got into the university course and then went and studied that same career path another three years of and four years of learning and in some instances depending on what they went into it was six or seven years of learning but then they got to the end of that you know university course or they got to the end of their studies and went hang on a second I actually don't want to be in accounting I don't want to be a lawyer I don't want to do exercise science and some of them went and joined the ambulance service some went and joined 
you know, the fireys, some joined the defence force, some went and become bartenders and backpacked around the world for three years and then bought a bar or a restaurant. You know, and it's like, why did you just dedicate three or four years of your senior years of high school to then go to university and do three or four years of study to then realise that, hey, this thing that I decided at 13 that I wanted to do for the rest of my life isn't actually the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. And it made me think, why are our children, or why were we back in the day, so pressured to know what we want to do as a career at such an early age? You know, why do we need to choose subjects based upon the university course or the, you know, apprenticeship or whatever it is that we're going to do? You know, I find that so bizarre that we're expected to know what we are going to do at that age um, and I, th I think the pressure of the children getting pushed into something or pushed into making a decision based upon something they may or may not want to do is is absolutely bizarre I, I actually think you know yeah it's it's one of those tough ones that Obviously, you need to be pushed into some direction. Like, if you want to become a doctor, or you want to become a physio, you want to become an accountant, or this or that, and and you want to do it immediately after school, then you do need that structure. You do need to be pushed in to that area. But what if you don't? What if you're going to do a gap year and go travel the world for two years? What if you're going to join the the military or the police? Or what if you're going to go get a plumbing apprenticeship? Or you know, you're just going to go be a fruit you know whatever it is that you're going to do I think the pressure of being required to know that at such an early age puts children at a disadvantage of being able to actually experience life and figure out what they want to do you know you get all this pressure of if you want to do this uni course then you need to study these subjects and get this score otherwise you can't do this course but I can finish year 12, not, get that, not study those subjects, not get that score, go work for three years or join the army for four years, and then guess what? At 22, I can enroll into any university in Australia and study any course I want to do and pay for it up front, get a hex debt, you know, whatever the case is. And as a mature age student and paying my way into these universities, my schooling doesn't matter. My score doesn't matter. The subjects doesn't matter. Because the universities are just screaming out for people to, you know, join up. And mature age students, you know, and especially those who are paying their way up front, you know, you'll never get turned away. So it's like, well, why do we put all this pressure on the kids to know what they want to do at 13, 14 and, you know, have a pathway and build towards that when, you know, like, like I just said before with the friends, you know, people get to the end of that time and go, shit, for the last eight years, I've just dedicated all my life to this one potential career path that I thought I wanted to do at 14. And guess what? Now I don't want to do it because I've realized what it's actually like. But I never got exposed to it. I never got to experience it. Um, and that's why now I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And I think that, you know, the pressure of that is something that I think is wrong with the schooling system. And I think that, you know, those pressures on our children at such a young age need to be scaled back. And, and you know, they need to, 
you know, experience what they want to do in their late teens, early 20s, and really trial every different thing that they can think of to really find out what actually sparks their interest, you know, and what actually gives them that satisfaction and that they see can see themselves doing for the next 20, 40, 60, you know, years in, in the workforce. And, you know, I don't think you know that at such a early age and I don't think you know following eight years of study you can just pinpoint that this is what I'm going to do for the next 30 years you know there is you know kids that will be you know following in their father's footsteps or mother's footsteps and you know taking over the family law practice or dental clinic or you know whatever it is and their pathway is set and that's what they want to do but for others in the vast majority you know they change their jobs five ten different times by the time they're they're 40 and you know career paths and then they get to 40 and decide that they're going to go into a completely different industry like I know some people at my age at 35 who are now transferring over to a completely different industry because they're not happy where they are and you know is it something they did straight from school potentially or is it their fourth time they're not happy and still don't know what they want to do and maybe change again in five years time so, guys, that's a bit of a, um, I'm not going to say quick because we've gone for about 30 minutes, just a bit of a, a data dump on our reasoning behind going to homeschool, um, behind our reasoning on the education system, about our reasoning about you know giving our children the best coaches that we can find either in the world or in our local town or online and actually allowing them to learn and be educated in the realms of the places that they're interested in and not just out of a textbook because someone did four years at university and they're claiming to be an expert or a teacher and you know that that's the one that's going to guide you know our children's future um so yeah guys i'd love to know if any of you have done homeschooling if any of you have thought about it or have been thinking about anything that i've said during this podcast um and just get your feedback you know what worked for you or what didn't work have you done homeschool now your kids are back at school have you you know dabbled in and out have you done distance education before maybe you did it yourself growing up um let us know in the comments and i would be yeah highly engaged to you know get in touch and find out you know your views and you know how things worked best for you so once again, thanks for all your support with the Fit Dad Lifestyle. Um, it's without you guys, none of this would be possible and it doesn't go unnoticed. And guys, if you could have spare five to 10 seconds right now and just leave us a review, good, bad or otherwise, then that would be greatly appreciated and will help us you know, climb those podcast rankings and be able to reach and inspire more fathers around the world. So thanks for your time again today and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers.